This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. listeners, this is Sully, friendly neighborhood dungeon master and host of the podcast How Friends Roll. Just a heads up, this Switch series contains strong language, fantasy violence, and a bunch of magical tweenage angst. You're listening to The Misadventurers. So all three of you are in your third year at the Rargon Cold Hands School for Adventurers. Um, this is a school that is in the countryside. It is attached to a small hamlet nearby. And you are in the equivalent of middle school for this school. Um, it's a boarding school, so you've been here for now. This is your third year. And your classes kind of run the gamut of what adventurers need to cover in their lives. Uh, so you'll have classes in monsters. You'll have uh, classes in getting over a certain terrain. You'll have classes in survival. And as you've been going through these classes, you're starting to develop what class you are really uh, kind of wanting to become, and also what abilities and skills you are starting to develop. Um, The three of you are good buds, and you love hanging out with each other. But apart from the, uh, the three of you, there aren't a lot of friends that you have at the Rargon Cold Hands <laughs> School of Adventuring. Uh, you uh, yeah. kind of make your way through the halls. It's pretty busy. The school's about 500 students strong. And uh, you haven't really identified with any of the teachers or anybody else. Um, and so when you go about, when you the three of you hang out, it's the best. And It's like gangbusters. You just are having the best time. You're fooling around. But when you are a part, <laughs> that dynamic changes in a really big way. Um, in the hamlet that is nearby the Rargon Coldhands School for Adventurers, there you've been hearing these rumors that people have been going to sleep, and as uh, as they wake up, they are actually dying, and so people are found dead in their beds, and it's usually kids around your age, and so around the age that you are that are not part of the school, and when they awake and have passed, there is a brand somewhere on their body with the letters L J somewhere upon them. Although people have investigated and they have uh, people from the Hamlet have sent out to the larger townships nearby, there has been no word on what has actually been happening to these people. And so no one in the school has experienced this as of yet, but the school headmaster and the teachers have been on extra alert and they've been putting on, uh, there are magical wards that have surrounded the school that they've done. We're going to start with the end of your day, so this is an average weekday, you've gone through your classes, you all have assigned chores, and what I'd like to do is just have each of the three of you talk through your bedtime routine. And so, because this is a boarding school, you are going. Uh, you have someone that you room with that is not one of your two other buds here. Uh, and Yeah, so you sleep in different quarters. <laughs> uh, and so just, uh, and anybody can start, but... Uh, why don't we start again? Say your name about what you look like, and then go into your evening routine. 
I'll hop in. Okay. Um, my name is Fnorbart. I am an orc. Um, I am a little gangly for an orc. Like, I am taller than I am thick. Um, and I like to tell myself that that's probably a thing that'll change as I get older and I'll kind of thicken out and be more muscular, but the reality is that probably won't happen. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I, my hair generally looks terrible. I haven't figured out what to do with it at all. And I have like tiny little scruffs of a beard that I don't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Like not any real facial hair, like, you know, like middle school, like I have in hair and I'm really excited about it. Um, I, my as a result of my gang like general size, my clothes don't quite fit. Like my pants are just a little too short, uh, and I can't like put my shoulders are slightly too broad for my shirt. So I just I look a little bit uh, a little bit silly, um, but it doesn't really bother me because I have no real awareness of what I look like either. I'm just kind of <laughs> kind of just living my life sure. and unaware that I'm kind of lame. Um, in terms of my evening routine. That'll involve as a as a training aspiring bard that usually is going to involve a little bit of practice on one or two of my instruments. So I'll you know play through a few songs or recite a couple of stories before I go to bed, to, especially if they're new ones that I'm working on. Uh, and then putting away the instrument in its case properly. I keep on pants when I sleep. My character does. They don't. They don't even bother to take off their pants. Yeah. So so he just. You know, takes off his his shirt or tunic and then gets in bed and calls that a day. And uh, Norbart, when you are kind of res- practicing the song and reciting the story, you have a roommate. And so, what is your roommate kind of? How do they interact with you it's practicing? A, it's hit and miss. You know, a lot of times, sometimes they're they're um, they're totally here for it uh-huh. uh, if it's a song or story they like, and then sometimes they just they get really irritated. And I, I kind of have to just shrug and feel like this is what I have to do. Uh, sometimes I have to stop early, but th- this night is one where uh, my roommate has had a good day and doesn't particularly mind my quiet practicing. And I try to—I do try to keep it quiet. I don't want to go overboard here and, you know, play the loudest songs I know. But I have to get a little done before I go to bed. Beautiful. And uh, can you just give us a little taste of a song that you're practicing? Uh, uh sure. Norbart's working on, uh, um, probably for a big exam the next day or something. Right now it's just the instrumental section. Norbart actually has a not terribly good voice. Uh, yes. Um, it's something that they, that he's working on, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, but like his voice is kind of gravelly. And so a lot of his singing comes across more as just talking. So he tends to focus more on his like instrument, um, stuff. This is... So he's he's working on something a little a little slower, a little prettier, maybe to impress the ladies. That's Norbart. That's that's beautiful. Just roll performance really quickly. Um. Okay. <laughs> Boop. Okay. So I'm gonna give you the eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, did, did it roll like two? Yeah, so it, it's go always going to roll with advantage. Uh-huh, um, so, I see. So the eight is without advantage. So your roommate, um, who is a uh, who's a half-orc, uh, kind of mm-hmm. throws his pillow at you and says, Time to go to sleep! And then he kind of like rolls over and uh, and puts one pillow over his head so he can kind of mute your sounds, unfortunately. 
I, uh, I, I turn and I say, sorry, and then like gently put it down. But as I'm going to like gently put it down, I also fumble a little bit. So you get some like, <laughs> like as I try to put it back in the case. Uh-huh. <laughs> Expert Foley work. Yeah, yeah. You just hear from the bunk o- o- over from you, just like a very heavy sigh. <laughs> and, and then, uh, and so you're in your pants and you slowly kind of drift off to sleep. And that's uh, and that's great. So we're gonna move over uh, to either Will or Des. Um, I'll go first. So I'm playing Grothgar, Death Slayer. Um, he is a Goliath Paladin, but um, he prefers to go by Des, which is a portmanteau of his surname, um, because he thinks his full name does sound a bit fucking terrifying. Um, <laughs> he um, he comes from a background. So both his parents were like incredibly famous gladiators mm-hmm. um and his brother and sister got in on scholarship and were like the head like the the captain of this school's equivalent of like the hockey and like american football team and were known for being like hideously vicious and violent um but would like decimate any other team um, that they come across him um des on the other hand is literally doing the pacifist run of this game because he is the oath of redemption um for his paladin he hates violence he just wants to see people happy. Mm. His paladin stuff is more, he wants to like protect the weak rather than beat up the strong sort of way he sees being a paladin. Gotcha. He is, as a, as a Goliath, he is a big buff boy, um, <laughs> but he doesn't carry himself. Like you'd imagine someone that size, he's, he kind of tries to like, be, he's a bit inwards of himself. So he's, he shrugs, tries to blend in a bit, but of course doesn't work when you're seven and a half foot tall. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just picturing him wading through the hallways and mm. being very ginger and trying to, like, not like, push anybody me, over. Excuse mm. me. Beautiful. Yeah, what is Dez's kind of average nighttime routine before getting to sleep? Um, I think that his um, roommate's probably a bit of a rowdy boy and will be coming in, like, stupidly late at night mm-hmm. after sneaking out with his mate. Um, so Dez normally... Um, just spends the night reading a book, um, playing a bit of chess against himself because for some strange reason his housemate, his roommate doesn't want to play chess with him mm-hmm. um, and probably takes a bit of an early night. Okay. And uh, just walk me through kind of what Des does right before getting into bed. Is like, what's, what is that evening routine? So I think he goes to his cupboard where you, most of the students would have the clothes in, but in there you can see there's a set of... Um, Chainmail armor and a giant war hammer mm-hmm. with um, like golden lay on the head of it of a pair of scales, mm-hmm. and he's going to say a bit of a prayer to Tyre, who is the god of justice. Perfect. And his symbol, a sigil, is a war hammer with some scales on. Mm. And uh, let's just hear just a snippet of that prayer that Dust says most every night. Oh, um, oh, um, uh, hello again, Tyre. Um, <laughs> He's not the most confident of lads. Yeah, no, no, it's perfect. Um, it's been trying, um, but it's been another day. I, I, I don't imagine praying so much. I think Emo has like a conversation with them. Okay, yeah. That, uh, oh, uh, in his head. Um, but I've done what I can. I've protected the weak. I've worked hard so I can do that. Um, the needy, the mm. grateful. Um, and I thank you for the uh, the abilities you've given me to um, do this. Great. And uh, just make a religion roll with that prayer. Okay. There we go. Okay, with a 21. Fantastic. Uh, so nice. Th- usually when you have these prayers, 
it's kind of like talking to a wall. Nothing kind of comes back. Mm. And as you're starting to learn the faith, too, um, this is to be expected. But tonight, more than any other night, you you are kind of, you feel this presence of your deity. And you Mm. have this kind of sense of foreboding that you must prepare yourself for whatever is about to happen. Um, And more than anything else, to protect those around you. And there is this kind of overwhelming feeling that if you do so, your Mm. deity will be extremely pleased with you. Oh, yeah. No matter what. And uh, so with this thought and this kind of foreboding, but also this Mm. feeling of surety, you drift off into sleep very easily until your roommate comes in about two in the morning Mm. and you wake up for a half split second and then you are right Mm. back into sleep. That's great. And uh, we're going to transition to Will now. Um, So Will's kind of a bit of a a rowdy boy. He's... um He's not he's not particularly popular, but he's uh, a mischief maker. The teachers do not like him at all. <laughs> he's a mm-hmm. very much he only has a few friends, but he treasures them. Um also I should mention he is he's very short for his age, so it's fun to have really tall friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> he would definitely be if they're going through like a crowded um corridor, he would be the one at the front, like pushing everyone out of the way, like move, it's it's I'm here now. <laughs> Um, he, he's quite awkward socially, but like, sort of gets his way through by being aggressive. Um, he just joined the academy to become famous and popular because he really wants attention. Um, he's kind of the class clown, but not in a popular way. It's just like, he makes, he makes drama and people like that. Um, he, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) um, yeah, he also has a crush on the most popular girl in school, obviously, and... What is her name? Uh, Maribel. <laughs> oh, and, Maribel, yes. Yeah. Okay. And he just turns into complete and utter goo around her, um, mm-hmm. making an absolute fool of himself. And of course, yeah. Yeah, probably that night he has a very, very secret diary, which he'll write in. <laughs> Um, yes. just saying about how annoyed he is because he's probably made a fool of himself today as well um, and then he probably has I imagine like a dartboard on above mm-hmm. his bed and he has like a staple to it all the teachers he doesn't like and all the annoying, all his rivals and stuff and he just like throws his darts at them and he's like yeah I'm getting better at throwing darts <laughs> uh, yes I think that's probably what he's doing his, his roommate's more of a book nerd, so they don't get on very well. It's just sort of a stiff silence, usually. Mm-hmm. And um, so when Will writes in this diary, does he find kind of like, uh, does he wait till his roommate falls asleep? Does he... Yes, it's very much secret. So like, if he's in the room alone, he'll write in it and then hide it. Mm-hmm. As soon as he hears footsteps coming, he's just like, oh no, a puts it under his pillow and just hides it away. <laughs> I can't have okay. feelings. No. <laughs> Right, yeah. This I'm not. I don't like writing. Writing's terrible. Um, give us just like uh, the beginning of an entry that Will was writing, kind of like tonight before he falls asleep. Dear diary, um, today sucks. The teachers were on my case again. I got detention again, and that absolute moron, uh, Daniel. No, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Rude, but yeah, <laughs> that. That absolute moron, Charlie. They're being so mean to me again. <laughs> yeah, so it's probably just complaining about the day. Mm. 
perfect. So Daniel and Charlie, just <laughs> the two worst people. Uh, and then just for a couple darts, just make a uh, make a dexterity check to see how his dart skills are okay. progressing before he falls asleep tonight. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> you you find the t- with with a net twenty. You find the teacher you hate the most, and when you th- you throw it behind your back and just right between the eyes, it hits this teacher. Uh, and you kind of look you look around and you give yourself kind of like a fist, like yes. Very pleased with myself. Very smug. Yeah. Extremely pleased, and you you're able to kind of settle to bed and just this very relaxed sleep overtakes you. And you know that your nerd roommate isn't going to bother you, and you are you feel your skills continue to develop. And you just are like, I, I am well, and you know Maribel might not like me yet, but she's going to. Yeah, she'll and that kind of like takes takes you to your sleep. So all three of you fall asleep, and um, at the beginning, your dreams are uh, a little troubled, and you can feel yourself almost as if you're in an ocean and you're being buffeted around. And as opposed to most times you fall asleep, especially in your middle school uh, age, it's very calming, but this feels almost like you're being transported somewhere. And uh, what what happens eventually is you're buffeted through this darkness and these shadows, and you can't see much, but there is a light at the end of what appears to be a tunnel. And in this dream, you start to fall towards that light, and the light kind of becomes larger and larger and larger until finally uh, you you land in what appears to be this uh, forest. Uh, And it's nighttime in this forest, and all the trees are swaying almost simultaneously, although you can't feel any wind. And as soon as you land, you look beside you and you see that your two buds have also landed here. And so you are in this nighttime kind of grassy forested area, uh, Norbert, uh, Will, and Des. And it still feels very much like a dream. But you can see kind of around you there's a light a little bit northwards. And it's this very faint light. But uh, there, uh, so you're all together and you're in this dream. And you've just landed. Uh, what are you guys doing in my dream? I was gonna ask the same thing. Uh, um, what are you doing in my dream? Um, well, so you're not a dream. I'm, I'm gonna go over and just poke Will. Okay. Uh, <laughs> make, make an attack roll. Okay. <laughs> We've, uh, it would, this would be like a physical attack roll. Um, oh lord, no, I'm shooting, hoping not of a weapon. No, 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 just if with your finger. And so Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay, oh, there we go. Um okay. Do, uh Will does an eight beat your armor class? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, so oh, you uh smack it away. So so yeah, so uh Des you go to poke in your like kind of slow, ponderous way. And uh Will just kind of dodges aside. Are we are we just like wearing what we were wearing when we went to sleep and don't have any other equipment? That's right. Yeah, you. There's no equipment on you, and so I would say you do not have your uh, instrument with you right now. Darn. Oh, bugger! I don't have my holy <clears throat> symbol. Well, we're here, wherever that is. But what do we do about it? Can maybe we just wake up? I'd like to. Um, like maybe if we just, maybe if we just hit somebody really hard, that'll wake them up, you know, jar them a little bit. Anybody want to try? Well, I can take, I can take it better than you guys. So go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna punch Des. Just okay. Are, so punch. both of you are punching Des. 
I was going to slap him. Okay, great. Uh, both of you make attack. Uh, you know what? Because Des is going to take it. Just roll a d4 uh, for damage, I, both of you. How do I do that? It's a good stop. Fucking hell! I'm aggressive, okay? Okay, what? so... Um, so Will punches you in the gut. <laughs> and, yeah. and, thru- and Thnurbert kind of slaps you across the face, and you take yeah, five I, damage. I wasn't really committed to that. I was just like, oh. Yeah. oh. I, I, was. I suggested it, but I didn't actually want to no, do it. I was it. very committed. Um, and when the, <laughs> when the damage happens, Des, you start to almost fade a little bit, <clears throat> almost like you're fading away. But what happens is these kind of shadowy tendrils kind of arise from the ground and almost pull you back. And so before you're able to kind of dissipate from this forest, the the tendrils bring you right back and your your cheek is stinging and you've been punched in the gut, but you are back where you started. Huh. Huh. That didn't work. Did did you guys see the 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 tendrils? Yeah. Yeah, did we did we? We we presumably all saw that. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, yeah. What the hell? Uh, did they did they disappear through the ground? They do. Yeah, they come right back through the ground. Huh. That's not normal. Somewhat disconcerting, I'd have to say. Did it hurt? Like when I hit you? <clears throat> no more than the punch. <laughs> yeah, I'm not losing my uh my streak. Cool. Uh, in the north, you see the light that had been a little faint, uh, start to glow a little bit uh, brighter and change color. It was this kind of orange hue. It's changing now to an iridescent blue and kind of bouncing back and forth between those two colors. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to follow uh, that. Uh, You're going to what? Follow that light. Yeah, sure, I'll go with that. Better than anything else I can think of. Unless, unless you want to take another punch, you know, I could always... No, no. <laughs> All right. I would like to not- notably be second in marching order. Okay. Um, having volunteered second, but don't want to be in the front. <laughs> I think I'll... Uh, I think um, Des just instantly marches, like, stands in the front and, like, shields everyone behind him with mm-hmm. just his height. There. Yeah, and just tiny Will in the background. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm also relatively tall, so Will <laughs> is the little kid yeah. around us here. And, and he hates it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're kind of in this uh, height order now. Hmm. And as you start walking, all of the trees start to look the same. And it's hard <clears throat> to kind of see... The, the front or the backs of the trees because when you look behind you it's almost like the trees have rotated to face you at all times as you pass them by but apart from these trees and in this forest there's no discernible landmark really as you get closer to the light you start to make out a small thatched roof hut with uh, that's kind of uh, made of sticks and mud and uh, a door that looks to be almost made of glass uh, in the center of it. And there's a clearing that you are now at the edge of, and you see this thatched roof hut with this glass door, and it looks like the light is coming through the door. You can't really see anything else through the door. It's almost like an opaque glass, and the light, like I said, is changing color, but coming from within. I I would like to, like, staying where I am standing, like, second in marching, or, yeah, second in marching order, 
like reach around with my kind of longer arm and like knock on the door and then like come back <laughs> to, to not not uh, being in front. Sure. I, I think I just like turned that and looked up. I could have done that, you know. Um, so uh, you knock, and when you knock on the door, the it's almost like the glass melts immediately, and this kind of opaque uh, lit doorway melts into the fl- the dirt floor below you and inside you can see uh, an oak table and three chairs that are almost like they've been fit for your size specifically on the very left is a very large kind of stone chair and in the middle there is this gilded beautiful chair with instruments carved in it and all the way on the right is this really tiny (laughs) uh, kind of like wicker chair (laughs) (laughs) Um, and uh, apart from that on the the walls are fairly bare. It's uh, like I said, dirt and mud kind of made up. But uh, there are these three floating, almost scenes, and almost the size of snow globes. And the first one is this iridescent blue that seems to just be floating, and it's of a carnival, and what appears to be just a carnival tent. And there's a second one that's floating, and you can see a rock and a fire and a river that's kind of just floating. And then the third one that you can see that's blue, there's just a sword embedded in the ground. Uh, But these chairs are in front of you, and these three kind of floating images are behind on the other side of the table. Um, so, like, we we have walked up to the back side of the chairs, or, like, we are facing the front of the chairs? You are, uh, the back side of the chairs. Yeah, so the chairs are kind of... Facing away from Facing away from you into the table. Got it. That's right. I'd like to just, like, walk up and, like, like, touch the chair, Mm -hmm. but, like... You know how, like, when a cat, like, swats at something? Like, that's the, like, amount of time that I want my hand to be. I'm just going to, like, kind of poke it and see if anything sure. happens. So it's just like a if, poke and then you're gone. Yeah, just a little pop. Yeah, just a little bap. Make sure nothing, nothing's going to hurt me. Uh, make a dexterity saving throw. Oh. Dexterity saving throw. Okay. So just, um, I can do this. I just go over to dex and Yeah, hit just it. hit dex. Boop. Boop. Uh, with a 12. And let's see. Uh, so the second that you touch the chair, it's almost like, and, I, and even though you're trying to retract your hand, it's almost like you have no memory, but that you blink and you're sitting in the chair right away. Okay. Oh. And so you go to touch it and then you don't remember sitting. It's not like the chair grabbed you. It's just like you've been transported from behind the chair to sitting in the chair. Cool. Um, what did we see from... You, you just saw him touch, you saw Snorbart touch the chair, and then hmm. immediately go to sitting. There is no transition time whatsoever. Is he in the more musical-looking um, one? He is in, yeah, so okay. he's in the middle chair now. Yeah. I, I, um, am I, like, can I move? Like, am I stuck in this chair? Um. Or can I just try? I'd like to try to, like, get up quickly. Uh, when you get up, the same thing happens. You're immediately back in the chair. Yeah. And well. So, and so that's where you are now. <laughs> Will's gonna like. I guess this is my life. <laughs> Will's gonna pout a bit, uh, assuming his chair is the smallest one, and he's gonna walk over to the biggest chair and sit in that. <laughs> um, I can lift you in if needs be. Um, so you sit in the big chair, mm-hmm. and you can kind of feel this rumbling from below you, and the chair, the seat of the chair, kind of flips you up, oh, no. and. It somersaults you just, and now, and then you're in your chair. You're in your tiny chair. I'm in my chair, but I'm not happy about it. 
I, I, I'm definitely laughing. I'm like, <laughs> scowling. <laughs> I think uh, I'm just realized that attempting to do anything tricksy is probably going to be a waste of time, and I'm just going to slump into my seat. Great. Yeah, my seat. Um. <laughs> just absolute daggers. I'm looking at you. <laughs> um, and so, same thing. The second that you reach a hand onto the stone chair, it transports you into it. And so, the three of you are in this chair, and it's this oaken table. And uh, the second that Death sits down, this figure appears out of nowhere across from you. And uh, this figure is cowled. However, you can see its hands, and its hands almost seem to be made of glass. And it's the same glass that was on the doorway. And th the glass also has the same colors that were inside the doorway. There's this, uh, you know, warm orange and this iridescent blue that it seems to be shifting in between from. And uh, the, the figure kind of waves its hand across the table, and in front of you there are three items that appear almost instantaneously. In front of Des, there is a warhammer that is almost twice the size of the one that you're used to practicing with. This is a humongous warhammer for someone that's almost larger and more powerful than you, um, and it's gilded. Almost, with, yeah, it's gilded. Almost <laughs> uh, gilded with signs of your deity and this beautiful scroll work along the sides. And in front of Thnorbart, there is this beautiful mandolin that seems to be a uh, well-used and well-worn. Uh, and it has Snorbert, it has your name kind of etched along the side of it in mahogany. It's this beautiful woodwork. It's gorgeous. Uh, and in front of Will, there is this staff. And the staff seems to be rounded and uh, of a dark oak And in front of you. And these three items kind of appear right in front of you. And the figure, as it has waved, waved its hands uh, from the cowl, and you cannot see a face, uh, this voice emits. And this voice sounds almost like like how a snake sounds moving across the ground. It's very gravelly, and it's very low. Um, and it says, uh, Young ones, oh, young ones, so full of potential, so new, so hopeful, so awkward. What, what choices you have ahead of you, your whole lives. In front of you, you will see your destiny. If you have the strength to reach for it, do so, and ascend to what you will become. But a test, a test must be given, for gifts are not given so freely here. And then it kind of, its cowl almost starts to evaporate, and the hands kind of retract into the robe, and it's like the figure sinks into the ground. Will's just going to well. immediately grab that stuff. Power? Yeah, Sign so, me up. Yeah, so is Fenorbart. like, bet, man, here we go. I'm like a 13-year-old punk. I don't know anything about what's going on. Or 15. Yeah. Um, so the second that you two grab the items, your your body changes, and you feel your and you feel your bones almost lengthen and grow. Uh, Will, you don't grow too much. Oh, no. <laughs> no. There's maybe an extra inch of height that is added to you. Very sad. Um, but, uh, and not only do you, do you feel your bones growing, but your muscles develop into what you would assume would be adult muscles. Your, uh, your features become a little more rugged. There's some scars that appear across your body. And all of this is happening in real time. It's like you're just growing into it. Your mind and your emotional state is unchanged. 
<laughs> and so you are the same age in your mind. You are the same person, but you now have the body of a middle-aged person. And with this kind of growth is also the knowledge of your class, which has brought you to this third level. Um, and so you, all of these skills and this knowledge of whether being a monk or being a bard is kind of just innately put into your body through these items. And the item feels like an old friend. The second you put your hands on it, it just immediately feels familiar and like, like, an, uh, like you've held it your entire life. Nice. Sweet. Uh, and Des, you're kind of looking on with the Warhammer like, still in front of you, and you kind of see this transformation happen in a matter of seconds. I, I think um, uh, Des just mutters a, pr- a prayer to uh, Thyre under his breath, closes his eyes, and just grasps onto the handle of the uh, Warhammer. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing happens to you pretty much immediately. The only difference is you feel immensely closer to your deity through this. And uh, almost like, whereas before you would talk and sometimes the deity would answer, sometimes you wouldn't know if they were even there or not. Now you are sure that the deity, uh, Thyre, is that right? Uh, Thyre, yeah. Thyre, yeah. Is on your side. T-Y-R. Tyre is on your side and is... um, is with you and you've implored Tyr for help time and time again and Tyr has been there time and time again. And so the three of you are in these adult bodies now, uh, but in this very strange feeling. And uh, again, this is quite a shock to you as it hits. I'd like to just like examine myself Mm -hmm. and like note that I was my like worst fears were correct and that I didn't get any like I got taller and like maybe filled out a little bit but did not like become the like muscular person that I had wanted to just be like yep. are you serious like this is uh, oh well yeah Norbert wanna... is still a gangle monster <laughs> um, I'd like to try to stand up also okay um you stand and it's almost as if getting out of Velcro, the chair kind of lets go of you as you stand. Um, and you feel this kind of newfound power and maybe some aches that weren't there before that you're very unfamiliar with, but more than anything, there, there's a sure, there's a physical surety that you didn't have as much, uh, before you sat down. Yeah. Well. Well. Anyone else gonna stand up? Um. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well. Hey. But like, kind of okay. look up to his two friends and see that they've got taller and look at himself and just be like, "Are you <laughs> kidding me?" Yeah, you are now a good like four feet shorter than Des. Oh. Like there is a very large divide between the two of you. He's just gonna not even I no eye contact. Just stare at the floor and fume for a bit. I, I think uh, Des uh, like looks down and goes, um, "Well, I don't think yours work." <laughs> Why don't you just shut up for once, okay? Just enough. Where are we? So the second you ask, "Where are we?" the the back end. So not where you came from, but the back end of where the figure that you interacted with was. Uh, another kind of glass doorway arises from the ground. It's this opaque glass. And you can see through it, there's the same color of lights, this iridescent blue and warm orange, and it seems to be passing back and forth. You can't really make out what's behind the door, um, but uh, you can kind of... What almost sounds like music coming through it, and uh, you can't really discern what the music is, not through the door, and it sounds very far off. 
but there's this now there's this light and there's this kind of like soft music in the background. Daz, you want to go check that out? <laughs> um, okay. Um, music's more your thing, though. But let's see what's going on. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, just gonna. I'm gonna follow you, like right behind again. Peek me head around the door frame and. Okay. Take a nosy in. <laughs> like cartoonishly, like we we stick our heads out like a. Yeah, it's hands on the side of the door frame. Yeah, yeah just uh, yeah. <laughs> heads out. Yeah. And so it's like Des Norbert, <laughs> and then Will right at the bottom. Just the bottom. Uh, so the same thing happens to the door. The second that you touch it, the glass almost melts into the ground. Um, and you can kind of see in the distance what appears to be uh, your school, the Rargon Cold Hands School for Adventurers. But it's shadowy. And in the distance from what uh, what you could you think to be the windows of the, um, of the Coliseum, which is an indoor Coliseum for the, sc- for the school, what appears to be that there's music and light that seems to be coming from there. Um, and there's a pathway that kind of leads from the hut to the school that's winding, and uh, a lot more winding than it is in the waking world. Uh, and it seems to be... It's hard for you to tell the distance from where you are to the school. You would assume it would be at least, you know, a five-minute walk, but because it's nighttime and because the, the pathway seems to be so winding, it's hard for you to tell. I guess you just keep on following the path, lightly pushing Des in front of me. <laughs> I, I, I think now, um, especially with the connection I now have with, uh, there's no pushing, it's just Des is at the front. Okay, yeah, Des is at the front. you guys, behind, like, sh- uh-huh. like nah. shielding my Well, well um, it's not going to walk behind, behind you. They, he has had a hit to his ego. He is not walking behind anymore. <laughs> so, so Will keeps trying to jump in yeah, front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then probably what happens is Des just like mom arms every now and again, yeah. and then Will like just occasionally runs just the the handle of my warhammer comes down and like shoves them back. <laughs> yeah, for protection. Fenorbard is content to let Will be in the middle though, and like okay. kind of ends up in the back. Great. Great. <clears throat> Why are we dreaming about um, school? Shit. Why are we dreaming about school? Dreams are supposed to be good. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> so uh, I mean, this looks pretty cool. It'll be fun. We, we go to school in the day, like, what? No. <laughs> but now we're adults at school. Isn't that the dream? <laughs> For you. No, nah, I'm going to be famous. <laughs> uh, so, Will, you step forward, and one of the times that you get in front of Des, um, as you continue kind of winding down this pathway, uh, the trees that are in front of you, uh, kind of the shadows of them break away. And in front of you, you see this elaborate obstacle course. And it's almost like it was custom built for you. And there are, you know, there's the swinging rings, and there's ropes to climb, and there's big jumps. And it's made out of the shadowy material that you're not able to see, but uh, it appears kind of right in front of you. Okay. Uh, uh, Daz, do do you mind? This is kind of my thing. Shuffling it up a bit. This is no longer Jasmine's corner of something or other. <laughs> For one day only, it's Jim's room of 
joyful podcasting. <laughs> and I have a bit of a special guest of us today. Um, anyone who listens to How Friends Roll should know the voice that is about to emanate from years. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me. It's Sully. I'm just hanging out. Here, Jim, I have literally just finished editing the episode you are currently halfway through, or whenever I decide to slice in this text, it's somewhere in the halfway point. You guys crushed it. This was super cool. I This is the first Aww. time we've done a Switch series that I, I wasn't directly involved in as a, as a participant. I just got to experience it basically as a listener as I was editing, just laughing and giggling, just <laughs> listening to the, the antics of, of you guys going through the your adventuring school. It was pretty awesome. I do miss my boy already. He was great. <laughs> To the point that I kind of want to bring him back in another camp. Not, probably not, never in the misadventure. There is precedent for like, that, just, honestly. Yeah. Like that's if there's one through line of all mm. of these, other than the narrative itself, it's that like every person that is in any sort of DM role mm. wants to reuse some of their character <laughs> moments. Oh yeah, yeah. and they t- try to bring them back into campaigns. I know I've done it. Well, yeah, like Percy Bouquet from. Um, our first Ark of the Misadventures was just a character I nicked out of one of the campaigns I run for fun with my mates. Nice. I just loved them too much not to use them somewhere else. <laughs> Some of my listeners are probably here from the How Friends Roll feed coming to check oh, yeah. out the Misadventurers. So, Jim, why don't you hmm. give anyone that's coming here from the HFR feed a pitch on what Misadventurers is all about? What should they? Why should they stay subscribed? Um, so, the Misadventurers is actually now four of us, me and my four players... Slightly more lighthearted than most D&D podcasts we we listen to. Um, But our kind of unique selling point, if we're going for the business approach, (laughs) is that I'm cripplingly obsessed with, like, folklore and history. And basically as much of this this podcast as possible as me just ripping off stuff from... um, yeah, the real the real world of folklore, because I have no imagination. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right on. To any listeners of the misadventurers out there that are just hearing my voice for the first time uh, in any uh, non-intro spot role anyway, my name is Sully. I'm the dungeon master of the podcast How Friends Roll, a fellow podcast of the Darkmore Podcast Network. And we do a short form campaign. So we emphasize comedy and encounter design. And we feature a rotating cast of characters that goes from season to season, different uh, folks of all kinds of different backgrounds and and experience levels come in and join the show. It's always a really good time. We recently wrapped our fourth season. I'm currently on hiatus while season five is currently in production. Uh, But if you enjoyed this episode, I mean, check us out. Come check us out on the How Friends Roll feed. Yeah, How Friends Rolls is like easily in my top couple of uh, D&D, actually probably my top couple of podcasts. (laughs) You are such a good DM. Thanks, man. (laughs) I do try. uh, Oh, no, actually, I was just just arc three, but now they're all good. Like, yeah, I think it's natural for everyone to have a favorite. They're pretty different. Strings, yeah. yeah. Uh, other than other than me being the through line as a dungeon master, it's mm. they're 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 pretty unique in theme and cast. Yeah. So it's very normal for people to be like, I kinda like this one. This one was just okay. I usually like having those conversations with people. It's fun to uh, uh hear what people like and dislike about different segments because it, it keeps me motivated to try and always present a new tone, a new theme each time while oh, still yeah. trying to keep it grounded and fun. Hmm. Our most recent season featured Danny, who is your dungeon master for this episode. He was one of the major characters of my most recent season, 
And uh, as we played, I learned that he's quite the dungeon master himself. And I was like, hey, we do this thing called the Switch series. I would love to have you tag in because I want to get more people than just just the hosts involved in doing this. Because like we started to establish this pattern of like the host would always be present. And I kind of want to expand beyond that so that our whole community sort of gets involved. And uh, he he has done an excellent job. And it's oh, been he really was fun. he was cracking. I love yeah, I love this stuff. As you can probably tell by the amount of laughter that was coming out of me through this, especially the second half, I just get childishly giggly. <laughs> Anyone listening to uh, this episode, if you haven't already done this, I, I would encourage you guys to check out the Dartmoor Podcast Network. We have a community Discord, of which Jim and I are both a part. You can reach us, give us feedback, and there's just a, a good meeting point for the communities of every Darkmore show where people sort of come together and they chat about the show, they talk about tabletop gaming in general, latest episode of Game of Thrones, whatever. Uh, we're all on there, so come check us out in Discord. There'll be probably be a link in the description of this episode, and if not, uh, then you can just check us out at darkmorepodcasts.com. Uh, that's, I mean, that's all I got, Jim. Is there anything you guys, any announcements you have for your listeners at, at this point in time for when this goes on your feed? I'm not sure. Um, we're not entirely sure when this is going to go on our feed. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I suppose the usual ones, if you want to get in touch with us, Darkmore is probably your best bet. Uh, but we're on social media as well. So we're Misadventurers on Twitter, The Misadventurers Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and then the misadventurers podcast at gmail.com if you want to drop us a bit of a longer form message. We are at the moment looking to possibly thinking of doing a QA session at the end of the current arc. So if there's any weird questions you want to ask us, we'll probably, yeah, we'll be more than happy to answer them. Right on. Cool. And if you guys haven't already done this, do the misadventures a solid. Find them in your Apple Podcast application and give them a review in iTunes. You can give them uh, give them that five-star review and tell them why you like the misadventures so that new listeners can are helped to find their show in the podcast directory. Uh, but for now, uh, let's get back to the adventure, guys. Thanks, Jim. See you later, man. See you now. I'm going to sneak out ahead, and I guess I'm just going to go for it. Go for mm. it at the obstacle course. Prove I'm, mm. I'm, I'm still cool. I think just as you um, go towards the obstacle course... Oh, no, actually, no, I'll save the flare. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say, bless, but I realized that's for um, attack rolls. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to yeah, like attack um, the hell about it, so... So, uh, Des and Norbert, you see uh, Will walk into the forest, and uh, whatever Will seems to see, you do not see. Where are you going, going, buddy? You don't see the big old obstacle course that's basically screaming, Will, prove yourself, Will, prove yourself. <laughs> no? No. no. What? We see some trees. I mean, no, 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 it's over there, see, right? I'm going to point. They're like, duh, guys. The, 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 the trees. I'm going to just, like, squint like I'm making an effort. Yeah, I don't see anything. Yeah, and uh, kind of as you squint and as you look closer, all you can see is the trees, and the trees seem interconnected, and so you could understand why Will might think that this is a obstacle course, but it might just be Will being Will. You know, Will's a rowdy guy, (laughs) and so Will swings off stuff all the time. But it looks like Will is almost, like, entranced as Will is walking towards this, uh, this obstacle course.
Uh, I guess I'll just like kind of follow and watch. I also mm. just to make sure that I'm not missing anything. Squat and squint <laughs> again. Um, just from a lower <laughs> yeah. point. And then just kind of like follow cautiously to look around and see if anything. Like if I can start to see what Will sees. Make a um. Call that investigation. Make an investigation check. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the best at this skill. <laughs> Hi. Yes, you are not. Um, <laughs> so with a six, you look down and you realize that these are trees. <laughs> and beyond that, um, you, you do see that Will is Will is clearly walking towards something that you can't see the way that Will is moving. But beyond that, you don't think you can notice anything else about kind of the forest around you. Um, so, well, in front of you, as you get closer, there is this springboard that kind of starts the obstacle course. And uh, then from there, there are a couple different options. There's a ring course to the left, and to the right, there is this rope to be climbed on top of. I'm just going to dive onto the springboard, and uh, I guess okay. go to the left, though, if I can. <laughs> okay, uh, make an acrobatic check. I can do that. I cannot do that. <laughs> Uh, we wasted all our roles when we were teenagers, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, critical fail. With a set, mm. So with a seven, you jump towards kind of the first ring, and uh, as you go to hold onto it, you start to slip a little bit, and you fall. And you're going to take two kind of bludgeoning damage okay. from the fall, and as soon as you fall, you find yourself, it's almost like the chair, you are right back to the beginning of the obstacle course. What do we see? You see Will jump on what appears to be thin air and then jump towards one of the trees, and as Will jumps towards one of the trees, the tree kind of bends towards Will, but Will mm -hmm. still misses the tree. <laughs> are you okay, Will? Um, Shut up! I'm doing my thing! I'm gonna try again. Um, and as, as you he, as you say, shut up, I'm doing my thing, you can hear the voice of your least favorite teacher. Uh, what's the name of your least favorite teacher? Oh, um, uh, Mr. Campbell. Okay, you hear Mr. Campbell go, uh, Will, you'll never succeed. Will, you can't do it. You'll always be a failure. Will! <laughs> And then the voice kind of disappears. He's just screaming at the forest. Shut up! You don't know anything! Shut up! I'm going to be famous! You don't know! And he's going to jump towards the thing again. All right. Make another acrobatic roll. Okay. Oh, ah, with a 19. Okay. Uh, so, Des and uh, Norbert, you see Will do this uh, immaculate jump, almost as if the first one was just a warm-up. And Will, with this beauty and finesse, does a double jump off of this invisible kind of springboard and grabs onto a tree and swings between three or four trees before sticking the finish and doing this beautiful land about 20 feet in the air um, in a way that you, like, you know Will is pretty acrobatic, but just to see it is awe-inspiring for the two of you. There's a round of applause from me. Yeah, I was going to say, like, tiny like, golf clap applause. I'm doing, like, all the power poses, like, power range poses, everything, like, sticking my hair, like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the stuff. <laughs> Great, and at, as you were kind of, like, showing off and celebrating a little bit, uh, the voice that you heard before is, 
uh, say Mr. Campbell, who teaches... What, what does Mr. Campbell teach? Uh, probably math. He doesn't like listening, so... <laughs> oh, no, yeah, this the, is an adventuring school. Uh, we can safety. have math in adventuring school. <laughs> uh, you can hear Mr. Campbell go, Will, how could I have been so wrong about you? You will be famous. <laughs> Damn right, I will. The, <laughs> and then the trees kind of, like, slowly drop you back down next to uh, Des and Thnorbert. Excellent. Very smug. Very happy. Did we hear that voice? You did not. That was just for Will. Well, now that you've got that out of your system, we can go on, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm feeling better, you know. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I... Uh, as you continue, I th- maybe, uh, Will, you might feel a little differently about your height with this newfound kind of confidence mm-hmm. and how quick you are. He's, he's uh, walking... And there's still a large height difference. Yeah. He's walking less angrily, more sort of like strutting, <laughs> like with a bit of a swagger, like, yeah, I, I got this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you continue through this winding path, and as you um, as you get closer to the school, the the sounds definitely feel like there is a band of some type playing music. And it sounds like very celebratory music. This is music that... It, there's nothing somber, um, but it's traveling strangely. Every now and again, you might catch a word or a lyric here or there, or you might catch the strings or the drum. But because of the trees and the way it's bouncing, it's very hard to tell what the song actually is. And it doesn't sound familiar to any of the three of you. Um, and as you get closer, uh, Des, as you continue to try and be in front and push Will back every now and again, uh, you see two gigantic figures in front of you, kind of off to the right of the path uh, that uh, Norbert and Will do not see. Guys! And I kind of point up at the two giant figures I can see. Mm. Uh, Will and uh, Norbert, you see two very large trees. Yeah, pretty cool trees. <laughs> Those are indeed trees, friend. No, 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 no. <clears throat> Not trees. Big people, big figures. Don't look friendly. I squint again. <laughs> yeah, no, those are trees. I get on my tiptoes and squint. <laughs> well, uh, when when you squint and get on your tiptoes, uh, what you see, Des, is your brother and sister in giant <clears throat> form reach, oh, no. de- reach down and each of them picks up one. Your sister picks up De- um, Will, and your brother picks up um, Snorbert. Uh, and what you feel, Snorbert and Will, is just these trees almost immediately sna- snatch down and pick you up, and you're about 20 feet in the air. Almost oh, instantly. Okay. okay, okay, you're right. There's a really cool uh, tree. Des, <laughs> they're terrible. Come and kill them. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, okay, I'm going to start by casting Compel Jewel. Okay. And uh, what, what does that spell do? Um, I'm going to say my brother, giant brother has to do a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Um, if they fail against my DC, which is 13. 13. Um, they are drawn to attack me. Oh. So I'm hoping by doing that, it's going to possibly get them to release... Um, one of my friends. Yeah, and so that would release uh, Snorbert. Uh, hmm. what, what is your brother's name? Oh. <laughs> Let's say Dekar. Uh, Dekar. And so what do yeah. you kind of proclaim to Dekar when you uh, cast this spell? Oi, Dekar! Pick on someone your own size! 
So, how far am I currently falling through the air? So, you've been picked up 20 feet. And so, if you're dropped, you will drop that 20 feet, depending on kind of the series of events. First thing is this large kind of Dekar is going to make the saving throw, and then we'll see kind of the order of events. So, Dekar fails the saving throw. (laughs) And so... Uh, you are in his left hand, Snorbert, and with his left, uh, with his right hand, he's going to attempt to attack uh, Snor- uh, Des. Okay. And so, let's say Snorbert, you have a reaction before this attack takes place, like a thing I can do. Mm-hmm. And so, right now, I'm just like wearing my normal clothes and have my mandolin. That's right. Um, I definitely like hold it up like I'm about to swing it and then look at it Mm -hmm. and then put it in my other hand and then just start like smacking this tree with my hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like even even in a dire situation, I'm not going to break my instrument. Sure, yeah. Just like swatting at this tree limb and like kind of pushing, maybe trying to escape. Okay. um, So would you say you're trying to like through strength force your way out or are you trying to like slip out? Uh, yeah, it's more of a slit. Like I'm like pushing and wiggling and like okay. trying to ease my way out, using my my thinness to my advantage for once. Yeah, <laughs> uh, make a dexterity check on this. Dexterity saving throw or just like a dex roll? I think just a dex roll, and then I'm gonna roll for uh, the what you see to be a tree to try and hold on to you. Okay. Boop. Okay, the tree does not hold on to you. And so you're going to fall, and you uh, are going to take two bludgeoning damage from the fall, so not too bad. Okay. Um, And this uh, giant Dekar is going to swing at you, but the second the hand is about to touch you, Des, you hear in, in your heart, you have protected your friend. And then the giant Dekar kind of, like, dissipates into kind of the foliage above. Um, I'm, I, I think in my head is, is, so is that, am I assuming that's the voice of Ty, my God, or? You, you could assume that, yeah. Okay. I don't need well, Ty. <laughs> Not yet, get me out! And I'm gonna like this. Oh, God, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, Will, Will is just being like shaken 20 feet in the air. <laughs> well, Des is like, oh yeah, um, job well done, pat myself on the back, and Will's like, are you kidding me? Come on! <laughs> Yeah. Um. Oh. <laughs> um. And so, Will, you can try and do something while Des is kind of having this like inner <laughs> model. Uh, he's just gonna try and, I guess, wriggle him his way out. He's pretty dexterous, so. Okay. Yeah. Great. We'll make another dex, and the the tree in your mind is gonna again try and really hold on to you. Okay. Um. Uh. I'll just do a roll twenty. Yeah, and just add your dex modifier. Yeah. Oh, so 13. 13. The tree holds on to you, so you try and kind of wiggle out, but uh, the the tree branches kind of squeeze around you. Oh, no. Um, okay. Dez is going to look down at his warhammer, mm-hmm. which until now he's never used on anything other than like a training dummy. Yeah. Um, especially being because he's following the oath of redemption, mm-hmm. that they see violence as very much a last resort. Sure. Um, he's looking at this situation, and it's okay. This is the last resort. 
Um, forgive me, Thea. And he swings up this warhammer. Like, muscle memory. It must be muscle memory or something, because he does not remember this being so easy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is now, like, an extension of him. Yeah. And he yeah. swings and clips this um, second... Uh, clips his sister right in the shin. Great. And uh, just make an attack roll for it. <clears throat> okay. So he's doing that uh, two-handed. Mm-hmm. Uh, boop. And with a 12, you will hit. And the second you hit, it's almost like the tree explodes. And will, you uh, are cradled all the way down. Two other trees kind of like reach out and grab you and just bring you to the ground very lightly and kind of set you there. And Des, uh, you hear in your head, remember violence is always a last resort, but you have defended your friend. And the trees kind of part and the, the shadowy figure that was this giant figure of your sister disappears into the night. Okay. The, the, okay. So, Will. Yeah. When we were taking the mick out of you for that tree assault course. The thing I completely crushed, yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. yeah. I've just seen me brother and sister as gianter things attacking you guys. These trees are weird. Yeah, this anyone else a bit creeped out? No, like, you know, I'm not scared. I'm just no. cautious. It's okay to be. Don't worry, I am a bit. Yeah, you are. That's fine. You know, whatever. All right, you have this uneasiness, but you are now kind of on the path, and you're getting closer to this this coliseum section of the school. Um, and as you get closer, you see that the trees and their roots kind of connect and become the school. And so they're connected, uh, which is very different than the waking world, which is a stone structure. But the trees seem to be all connected, and the light emanating from it is almost from some of these root structures through some of the windows very high up. I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, I I don't really see a way out of this, and just carry on going. If we see any other weird trees, though. Except yeah. for the giant school of trees. <laughs> Let's stay away from the scary trees. Oh, look, there's the biggest, scariest collection of trees we can find. Okay, you don't need to make Let's fun of me. Inside. Oh, there's... <laughs> well, we've survived so far, and we have to move on somehow. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it's the only way we're waking up. Mm. If this is a dream. I'd like to wake up soon. From the window, this light kind of shoots out, and Norbert, you find yourself in a spotlight all of a sudden and um, all of the trees kind of form this very shadowy audience around you in a tight circle and it looks to be at least 150 people in this tight audience and um, what you see does and will is these the trees kind of just move around and they block off the path and they shorten a little bit and so it looks just to be kind of tiny shrubbery has collected around this pool of light surrounding Thnorbert and uh, Norbert, you can feel the trees kind of expectantly waiting for something in this moment. Play tree bird. <laughs> <coughs> this is it, guys. This is my moment. Uh, now, good luck. I have a I have a question for you as the yeah. as the DM. Uh-huh. Um, so, what I have here, I can do a couple of things. 
I can either totally BS something and just like spit something random out, mm-hmm. play a, a real song that I actually know in the real world, which might get us in trouble with copyright rules. I don't yes. really know. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, I told you I've been like trying to like think about this kind of um, bard character for a while. So I have like started generating like stories and songs that are like sound like the kind of thing you would hear in like a fantasy novel in a tavern or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I've got this this like short little one it um about uh, a character I made up named Bonvar the Brave and I can definitely tell this story if you guys are feeling it. Yeah, I would say totally. do whatever you think Norbert would do at this moment. I'd say stay away from real songs. Cool. And then I would also say depending on how it goes I'm still going to have you roll performance, and I'll either give oh. you advantage or disadvantage, depending on how much we all like the story. <laughs> okay. Um, so so Bonvar sees his moment here, and, and he knows that, like, when it comes to, like, performing, like, in, a, in an inn or in a tavern, like, it's generally going to be fun country songs that everybody knows, but when it comes to, like, performance art... Mm-hmm. Um, it, you do it in in a sort of like high chant versus you know just like sing songy little songs. Sure. But you often accompany yourself on your instrument while mm-hmm. you do it. And he also knows that he's not the best vocalist, so he's gonna opt for this like higher art quote higher art form mm-hmm. uh, and and sort of tell you a story while accompanying himself. This is the story of Bonvar the Brave and the Broken Cart. <laughs> Bonvar the Brave was a hero of might who wandered the wilds to do what was right, and he helped those in need to others' delight. Bonvar the Brave. (laughs) He was a man of valor who fought for the weak, who was untroubled by forces in places so bleak, but his pride was strong, new contest he'd seek. Bonvar the Brave. Bonvar was traveling new quest to find when he came across merchants caught in a bind. Their wheel had been broken by roots and vines. Bonvar the Brave. (laughs) Hail, good merchants, what troubles have ye? He asked with mirth their troubles to see. Our wagon is broken, our horses did flee. Bonvar the Brave. Seeing their plight and being himself, Bonvar helped them to carry their wealth so that in town their goods they could sell. Bonvar the Brave. Bonvar the Brave. <laughs> Why do you help us, Bonvar the Brave? There is no glory or people to save. Here along the merchant's way, Bonvar, Bonvar the, the brave. brave. Answering not, he hefted their goods and asked them to lead the way through the woods, determined to help them as long as he could. Bonvar the Bonvar Brave. The brave. <laughs> he carried their goods for miles and days as he followed them down the merchant's way until they arrived in a town to stay. Oh, Bonvar the, the Brave. Why did you help us, Bonvar the Brave? The merchant asked at the end of the day, for our plight had no glory or people to save. Bonvar the Brave. True, good merchant, no grand quest was this. Glory doesn't only in combat exist. For good deeds change more than swords or fists. Bonvar the Brave. Bonvar the Brave was a hero of might who wandered the wilds to do what was right, and he helped those in need to others' delight. Bonvar the Brave.
He was a man of valor who fought for the weak, was untroubled by forces and places so, so bleak, but his pride was strong. New contest he'd seek. Brave. And he gives a flourish and a bow. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, Snorboard, do not need to roll for that. Uh, it's it's incredible, and you see a bunch of uh, trees or like shadowy figures take off like pieces of themselves and throw them <laughs> at you like roses, and they're just and you hear this. And while you were singing, Des and Will started to join you on the chorus, and the the audience started to join you as well for the Bonvar the Brave. And it's like when you practice in your room at night, kind of like what you had envisioned performing would be like. There, just imagine me like hugging my mandolin yeah. and like I have big like anime eyes that are like a little watery and I'm just like ah, like living for this moment. Uh, yeah, and it just <laughs> and you see uh, the, the shadowy audience kind of retract back and reform into the trees after this huge round of applause and a couple tr like figures as they pass by you snorboard go call me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're so dreamy and then kind of just go back into the foliage and the second that this beautiful performance happens the three of you find yourself at the entrance of the school and right by the entrance there is this orb that is floating that seems to have one central eye in the middle of it and a bunch of tendrils with eyes on top and these needle teeth and uh right below its mouth is this bow tie <laughs> and it it looks very dejected um and it looks uh, it's outside and you're you're closer now and so it sounds like there's not just music coming from inside but there's talk and laughter and this floating orb with this one great eye and its many eye stalks is kind of patrolling back and forth in front of uh, the entrance, but its bow tie, because it doesn't have a neck, keeps falling off. <laughs> and so one of its eye stalks, you see, like, look at it and then kind of, like, telekinetically just put it back, and then it just keeps falling off over and over again. And it's just patrolling in front of the entrance, kind of looking down. Um, and you're about, say, 20 feet, and you're still in the forest, but there's this clearing as the forest kind of becomes the school. Well, well, guys, what do you what do you think we should do? Mm. Go and say hi. Does it look friendly to you? Uh, hmm. It's got a bow tie. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> I'm with Des on this one. I'd like to roll. Well, actually, before I say that, I guess I'd mm. like to just roll an insight check mm -hmm. and see if I can get any kind of read on whether this thing is going to be angry or not. <laughs> Great. Yeah, does it look like Will or does it look like Death? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with an 11, uh, it it seems to be sad. This entity seems to be mm. sad. Um, and, and you can tell by the way it's looking down, the way it kind of dejectedly keeps losing and then re-putting on its bow tie. Um, and how slowly it's moving back and forth. But beyond that, it's really hard to tell. I'd like to just go ahead and walk out into the clearing, um, still kind of holding my mandolin almost like like across my chest, almost as if I'm like needing a physical barrier because I'm a little nervous. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to, to walk close enough the to the creature where it can like clearly see me or hear me. 
Uh, Will and Des, when you see Thnorbert kind of like leave from the forest, what's your reaction? I walk alongside them. I shoulder my warhammer. I think I've got a bag on my back or something to hold it. Okay. As a, look, I'm not armed. I'm coming forwards in peace. Let's have a chat sort of body language. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, Will's a bit surprised, also proud of Thnorbert for like, you know, taking the initiative, going forward. Uh, he's going to uh, proudly walk beside him as well. He's but he doesn't look as kind. He looks a bit standoffish, like, yeah, I, I don't really want to be here, but I am. So. Okay, great. Um, so the second that you get about 10 feet, this uh, this creature kind of puts its gaze towards you and all of its tentacles look, and immediately when it moves so quickly, its bow tie falls off again immediately. <laughs> and then one of the eye stalks, like, looks down and picks it back up. Um, and that, that kind of keeps happening, and it goes... <sighs> Welcome to the dance. If you want to come inside, you gotta you gotta have your tickets. You gotta see your tickets for the dance. Wish I could go into the dance. <sighs> why can't you? Why can't I go? Oh, I wish I could, but they told me I have to patrol outside. <sighs> I'd like to. My mandolin has a little stylish strap. Mm. Um, and I'd like to like pick up his bow tie that I'm gonna just assume just fell, mm-hmm. and like kind of affix it into my strap in such a way that I can like hang it on him more effectively, and it'll stay and still look pretty good. And then just kind of like, and then like put the put strap it. around the orb that is his body, <laughs> yeah, or its body, yeah. <laughs> so it like um, stays on. So when you go to touch uh, this floating orb, it, it like retracts really quickly and it goes, what, what are you? And then when it sees what you're doing, just its massive eye starts to tear up a little bit. Oh. And it just goes, thank you. You look great, man. Very snazzy. No one's ever said that. You guys must be such good friends if you're all going to the dance together. Just the best. My guys are cool. Why? Yeah. Oh. So. Uh, oh, well, I've never really had a friend. What's it like? Like, was it like being such good friends with each other? I don't want to. Trying. Yeah. But worth it. I I, I don't want to punch them as much. I want to punch everyone else. But you know, it still happens today. You know, you win some, you lose some. We too don't really have a lot of friends outside of each other, so we know what that's like. My roommate doesn't even like me very much. Oh. Oh, wow. So I guess I'm not so different if you guys don't have many friends. Not well, at all. That's great. I still got to see the, your tickets, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad you guys are friends, and thanks for teaching me a little bit about friendship, how sometimes you still have to punch your friends. I appreciate that. <laughs> Can I prestidigitate some invitations that, like, at a passing glance would look pretty good? Um, make a sleight of hand test. Okay. Because so, I'm assuming you're trying to do it without this being seeing it. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to make it look like, oh yeah, here we go. Great, okay. <laughs> so I'm um, like... So with an eight, you... Uh, I'm like, tell yeah, me, they're here like somewhere. And make it. I, I'm like, I do the like pat of the pockets kind of thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. surely they're here somewhere. Uh... Maybe this is it, and I like pull it out of my pocket, but uh, my back pocket. Right. And when I kind of fumble with it. Yeah, when you go to like bring it back out, 
the your hand is still empty, <laughs> and then you and then you're like, oh no! And then the uh, invitations appear, oh, no. and the creature, oh, and the creature, well, I... you can feel the creature's emotion change immediately, and goes, hey. Wait a minute. These aren't it. I was wrong. I reached for the wrong pocket. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, oh, because it feels like you were trying to lie to me. And friends don't lie to each other, do they? Now, we just made friends. Would I lie to you as my friend? I guess I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't. I'm sorry. We do need to get in, and I'm genuinely trying to find the best way, but I don't know if I have the invitations. Hmm. Well, did you go? Did you walk through the forest on your way here? Sure did. And did all three of you kind of overcome some kind of hardship? Yeah. Best I can tell. And do you feel I don't know different in any way? I think Uh, it's puberty, but I'm not too sure. I check my height again. I'm definitely taller. Yeah. (laughs) Will checks his height again. (laughs) And the being goes, because learning is the only ticket you need to get into the dance. (sighs) And then the the being kind of turns and uh, the roots open up uh, that were there. And the being goes, I still just really wish I could go inside, but I hope you have a great time. After a while, I'll come back out and I'll take your shift for a bit. I'm not very good at dancing anyway. R- really? Yeah. We'll go it, in and check it out and then we'll come back. Oh, well, if you did, that would be the best. But if you didn't, that would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is how it was. So, yeah, we just like, Norbart kind of saunters on in with okay. his, his best, I'm definitely supposed to be here look. Okay. Des just puts his arms around both of them in like a in, you know, sort of like a pally friendship hug thing mm-hmm. and does um, lay on hands. And how many HP you guys down by? Oh, only two. Yeah. Two and Steven? Yeah, I was only down by two. Okay, so I'm just going to give you four HP. Nice. Great. Yeah. Cool. Because that's two and then two, um, what's it called? But you'll have like two extra hit points. That aren't, aren't temporary hit points. Yeah, temporary tem- hit points. Cool. Um, so you three enter, and as you three enter, you see this spherical being with all the eyes kind of look behind sheepishly and just sigh, but then look down at its bow tie that isn't falling and like a crack a tiny smile. Uh-huh. Um, so you enter this coliseum that has been converted to a dance and all the figures are very shadowy you can see one very large minotaur shadowy figure that reminds you of your um, athletics teacher at school Um, it's kind of standing over everyone else and the shadows are in different pockets so there are some pockets dancing together in twos or threes and there's some larger groups and then there are some singular and you are right by the snack table right now that's where i would have been anyway (laughs) and so the three of you find yourself probably where the three of you have been for previous dances Mm -hmm. that have happened at Ragon cold for adventurers and so it's very familiar to you the only difference is it's just a little changed it's it's very shadowy and the music sounds just a little bit off but there is a band in the corner and Norbert you know the names of all these band members they are like famous musicians that have been traveling around the land um, but three of you are kind of just sweat there 
right by the snack table and you see a punch bowl and you see a couple different bowls of snacks, but you're kind of just there now. Well, definitely I'm going to need a cup of punch, not necessarily to drink, but as like a shield of a social shield of like why I'm not dancing. (laughs) So I definitely like quickly fix myself a little plate and cup of punch and like start to kind of like sway to the music because I definitely dig this band, Mm -hmm. but, uh, not really engage much beyond the the snack table. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yes and well. I want to do an investigation check to see if there's anyone that Des recognizes in some of the groups. Okay. Because I want to know if they're looking as old as we are. Right, yeah, go ahead. Oh, wrong sheet. Uh, With a 16, you can see that uh, the shapes appear unchanged the way that you are changed uh, physically. And so you don't necessarily recognize anybody per se that you go to school with, but it seems to be of a height, of a size, of the last time you went to a dance at your school. Um, Except for a couple chaperones you see walking through. But it it is really hard to distinguish uh, faces or builds as they are very shadowy and almost like they're all connected to the roots of this uh, building. Well, it's not a high school reunion. (laughs) I'm not sure I'd want it to be. I barely like the kids we're around now. Yeah. Don't think I want to see any of them again once we graduate. Or if we graduate. Well, we'll probably graduate. We will. Uh, Will, Will, what are you doing in this kind of... Mm. While while Des is looking around and Norbert is kind of drinking uh, his punch sheepishly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He'll probably... Really sipping. (laughs) He'll probably uh, wander around a bit, see if he can spot Maribel. (laughs) Okay, so the second that you break off from um from des and will um you're kind of cut off from them as the other shadows and maribel appears in front of you right away can we can we see maribel uh no because these shadowy figures that are dancing have kind of blocked will off because will is tiny you lose sight of will immediately And so uh, you see Maribel, and this is a grown-up Maribel. This is a Maribel who's of an age with you uh-huh. now. And Maribel kind of like is, again, in this shadowy figure, but kind of extends her hand and goes, Will, I thought you'd never come to a dance that I was at. What? what uh, um, I, I'm here. I'm here. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, what a... What a great opening line. <laughs> yeah, it's been a day. <laughs> so, cool it's party, been... cool party. Mm. Yes, oh, it's a great party. Are you going to ask me to dance? Uh, yeah, do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? I want you to make a, whatever you th- you are trying to, like, I don't know if this is a charisma check or a performance or an, in- like, however you're trying to convince Maribel to dance oh, with you. Chari- We're going to make Acrobatics. that They're all minus one. Acrobatics for intimidation. <laughs> uh, I could acrobatically do a deep flourish, like, hello. What did I- if, if that's if what you want to do. do I was, that was, or intimidation, see if you can intimidate her into dancing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Drastically different dating styles here. <laughs> nice. Oh man, actually that would be quite funny. Yeah, I'm gonna try. Uh, I'll try and persuade. Yeah, like you know. You're gonna try and persuade. Okay. You seem nice to me today. This is cool. Oh. Oh my god. With goodness. an eighteen. Down. Nice. With an eighteen. Spitting mad game over there. Yeah. 
how? Modern day Casanova. So, for what, maybe it's because of these new abilities. Maybe it's because Maribel approached you. Or maybe it's just because <laughs> you you had that teacher who said to you, you could do it and is maybe now proud of you. But Will's usual like awkwardness around Maribel has almost kind of faded away. And you find yourself saying the right things and extending your hand in the right way. And when Maribel takes your hands, it's maybe the best feeling you've ever felt in your entire life. It's just, you feel incredible. And the two of you dance. And when the two of you dance, this light from the window, this warm orange and iridescent blue kind of shines down just on the two of you. And uh, the band motions for Thnorbert to join them on stage. Again, you get the big, like, watery anime eyes. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I, I recognize that the tune, it's a sort of standard one, and they're doing it really well. They're just, like, totally mm-hmm. killing it. So I, like, I do one of those, like, me? Like, you're talking to me? And, like, look around and make sure that it's nobody else. Uh, and then, yeah, sure, I get up there and I go first, like, quietly start plucking along and then a little more comfortably maybe try to get in there. Uh, the, the band kind of whispers to you, you know the chords, we got the song, everyone, this is for all the lovers out there. And uh, I'm just going to have you underscore this with something really simple. Steven, if you're all right with that. Oh, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> and the music starts to play, and Maribel and Will, and Maribel's a good foot and a half taller than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just uh, slowly kind of sway. And Des, you're kind of watching on, and you're seeing you're seeing your friend Will, who uh, is finally almost gotten over his wild boy ways, and kind of settling like... down. Yeah, it might be settling down, and you see Norbert, who... Is, wasn't a very good musician just playing beautifully and what are you doing when you're seeing your two friends kind of just achieve i think he's just sort there like not wanting to get in the way of it them just watching happy that they're doing what they wanted to do for all this time mm-hmm. he has by now grabbed just one of the proper like serving jugs of um, punch and he's drinking it like a tankard just like <laughs> yeah I like this and just enjoying your friends having a good yeah. time yeah being happy through them rather than beautiful like being happy because of their happiness yes and the song slowly comes to an end and uh, Will you take a you, Maribel kind of lets go of your hand and curtsies he bows Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's, a, there's a round of applause, and the band kind of motions to Thnorbert, who has done so beautifully. And Maribel kisses you on the cheek, Will. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he immediately blushes a lot. I was like, uh, I punch, punch? Yes. It goes to the punch table. <laughs> Uh, there is no, unfortunately, there's no more punch at the table. There's just Des, who's holding the jug of punch. <laughs> who's been drinking from it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the mugs were too small. The three of you are back together for a moment. So this is you a know, guys, dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but it, it definitely didn't turn out to be a nightmare. This is This has been a pretty great night. And 
whether or not I'm imagining all of this and none of this is, exists with you guys, I'm glad I shared it with at least a figment of my imagination of you. Oh, thanks. Oh. Thanks, Norbert. Uh. I'd like to put in like a little like to the more uh, like in the middle, like we're all gonna like bump fists or, mm-hmm. or like do like a cheer or something like yeah, yeah, just stick it out. I, there. I, I crouch down so um, Will can reach my face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's in too much of a good uh, mood to be angry about it, and yeah, he he very playfully uh, bro fists you guys. Bumps this. Uh, so Dope. the second that you three bro fist, the door to the dance bursts open and this floating orb that you had seen before comes in and goes you were supposed to help me and take my shift and you see a bunch of its tentacles start to shoot different rays at some of the shadowy figures and the shadowy figures either light on fire or disintegrate. Oh, God. Or, oh, buddy. No, 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 buddy. You can do... We can still... There's more time. I'll play you some songs. Come on we in. Already- <laughs> like, just, like, yelling anything to persuade him to stop. Uh, make a persuasion check. Fortunately, that is one skill that's not hot garbage. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so with a six, this or being goes. No, that's what that's what they always say. People say I'm gonna help you, and then they don't, and then they leave. Yeah. And and I thought you three were different because you're like me, but you're not. You just want things, and you just want me to stay outside. And it starts to like move closer to you, and with its tentacles, it's just like pushing things and these shadowy figures out of the way. Uh-huh. And Will, you can see Maribel is almost like the next person in front of this orb. Oh no! He'll like run over there, I guess. Yeah, and try and like just push her out of the way. I guess. All right, make it. A dexterity roll for to try and like get there in time okay. to push her out of the way. Okay. Actually, I'm really, uh, I actually have really good uh movement. Wait, because I'm a luck. Yeah, you're you're at like fifty movement, so you'll definitely make it. Yeah, so that's like seventeen. I rolled. Okay. Oh, that's seventeen with mods. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So with a 17, you make it just in time for this creature, and as it's ramping up its next I-beam, you duck underneath it with the only time your height has ever been a good thing, (laughs) and you push Maribel out of the way, and she goes, Will, what? And then is pushed away. Okay. Dez and uh, Norbert, what do you, or Dez, because Norbert tried to persuade this creature. Dez is going to run up. And make sure that he's in between. Uh, he's gonna make sure he's in between where uh, Will and is it a beholder? Uh, yes. I've been taking to calling it Mister Bowtie in my head. If you want to call it that? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Bowtie, you would probably you would recognize it from a, a monster class that you had probably mm. taken up until this point, but it is indeed a beholder. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm gonna stand between. Will and the Beholder, shield in, uh, shield up. Okay, Ready so to you take, take your shield come. and you put it up? Yeah. yeah. Um, the Beholder in reaction is going to oof, cast a disintegration ray and it's going to melt your shields <laughs> immediately. And so okay. it's not going to go through and hit you, but it is going to melt the shields. 
And so uh, let's go to Thnorbert's, and we'll do this order. Okay. Uh, it'll just be Thnorbert, then Will, then Death, then the Beholder. Okay, let me check. I guess I'm gonna um, give, I'm gonna do Enhance Ability. Mm-hmm. Where you touch a creature and bestow upon it magical enhancement, choose one of the following effects. I am going to go for Bear's Endurance. The target has advantage on constitution checks. It also gains 2d6 temporary hit points, which are lost when the spell ends. Great. And this is a concentration spell for up to one hour. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that for Des and make him a little bit more stout. Great, yeah. And um, uh, just roll for his temporary hit points. So I just roll the slash roll two d six five. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Get in there. I'm Jeff. supposed to be the one healing here. <laughs> um, and I didn't heal you. I buffed you. <laughs> and so when you buff Des, Des, you get you, know, you hear this roar of bears and you feel yourself become a little bigger and a little hardier. And while this is happening, there is just chaos on the dance floor. Everybody is running away and kind of trampling over each other. Uh, Will, you're, you've kind of on, you're on top of Maribel in this very awkward position uh, right now. Mm. And the band has, uh, what's crazy is the band is still playing and they've switched from this like beautiful dance music to this like action m- music. So they're playing like, and you see the minotaur. <laughs> yes. And the Minotaur is kind of like there you go. getting people in different ways and making sure everybody's safe. Uh, and we're going to go to Will. Now. It's like a video game. I love it. Um, okay, boss fight. Yeah, I'm gonna just, just going to like hastily stand up like, uh, bye, get, get out if you can. And I'm going to just <laughs> hit it with my staff. Yeah, I'm going to hit it with my staff. Okay, okay. Um, make an attack roll. Uh, it's, it's labeled as a spear, but it's the same damage. So I'm just going to... Mm-hmm. Okay, so 21 Great. to hit. Um, so, oh, nice. Uh, so that's 10 damage altogether. My dex is full. 10 damage. So you whack it right in its eye. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, and uh, it, it kind of squints and shakes and goes, I just wanted to make some friends. Why couldn't you guys just be friends with me? And then uh, and then it's going to go to Des. Uh, Des looks down. It's at the now missing shield. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, bear in mind, he is a um, a protection. Oh, is it called? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, his whole thing is that if he has a shield, he can do oh, no. protection fighting style. Yeah. So I now can't do my, um, put anyone at disadvantage on attack rolls. Right. Um, he's going to um, instead, being the good boy he is. <clears throat> He's going to do um, Compelled Jewel again. <clears throat> so um, I'll read that properly out for you. Uh, you attempt to compel a creature into a jewel. One creature that you see within range must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the creature is drawn to you, compelled by your divine demands. For the duration, it has disadvantage on attack rolls against creatures other than you and must make a wisdom saving throw each time they attack to move to a space that is more than 30 feet away from you. Okay. If it succeeds the saving throw, this spell doesn't restrict the target's moving for that turn. Great. So it's going to make a saving throw. Uh, DC 13. And it fails that. So it will be... And what do you shout at this creature? 
<laughs> I've already used pick on Sunny Round size. It's just going to be his go-to one. Um, um, hey, one eye, <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> and the beholder turns to you and it goes, "I have many eyes." <laughs> and it starts. It kind of barrels towards you. It's going to attempt to pick Des up with one of its eyes and kind of like throw you on the ground. But when it does that, it sees the bow tie that is still on it. And it looks at Thnorbert and it goes, it, it says to Thnorbert, Thnorbert, I thought you were my friend. What happened? I am your friend. I just, time got away from me and I am very sorry. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> and I could understand, sorry, I'm not even doing my voice, sorry. <clears throat> I could understand why you wouldn't believe that. People have lied to you before. Yeah. But I can say that I did genuinely intend to help you out because you seem like a nice guy. Yeah. Well, before all of this anyway, I say indicating to the carnage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe I went a little overboard here. <laughs> and like, now it, it kind of shakes itself and it sees all the charred <laughs> tree yeah. bodies on the ground. And it looks at Maribel, and Maribel's just, like, clutching onto a wheel. <laughs> just ever so scared. What's and your name? My, my name? Yeah, what's your name? Garsharks. Garsharks? Yeah. It's a weird it's, name, I know. No, it's a cool name. I like it. You like it? Yeah. Really? I mean, it's certainly no less weird than Fnorbart. <laughs> or Grufgar. Yeah, and it, like, extends one of its eye stalks for a high five. I uh, happily acquiesce that high five. <laughs> Sorry I blew up so much. I'm just not used to... You know, you guys seem really cool, and I thought you were coming outside, but I made a whole mess of everything. The motions get the best of us at the worst of times. It's. I should know. I'm sure if we work together, we could set it all right. Yeah? Yeah. Friendship montage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what, what happens in the friendship montage? <laughs> Imagine the band start playing something um, jovial. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah the, the band like... changes music. <laughs> so uh, like two-tone ska comes on. Yeah, you see us like rebuilding things, <laughs> like helping people uh, put stuff right and like maybe bandaging some wounds, <laughs> but we all have like cheeky smiles on our faces. And Gar Sharks is like using his tentacles to like put things back together. There's definitely part of the montage where like they're, we're burying the bodies. There's <laughs> <laughs> like a, a sad moment where we're all like sitting there, uh-huh, but then just, it's like right back to the happy yeah, just a moment stuff. of reflection, and then back to like drinking just, punch and having a great time. Just friendship things, you know. <laughs> just regular friendship things. And Hashtag you, just yeah. friendship things. Uh, at the very end, all of you are around the punch table. And uh, Maribel is kind of like clutching onto Will. And Des, you found a new shield. And Norbert's gotten along with the band swimmingly. And Garsharks just says, Guys, I know none of this really happened. Because I think this is my dream as much as it is your dream. But I hope we get to meet sometime in real life. Aww. That would be sweet. Because people think I'm a monster. Aww. But really... I just want to have a good t- and as he's saying good time you can feel yourself start to like float away and the school the sun is starting to come up but the school starts to disappear and you feel your body kind of be squished back into your actual age and the three of you find yourselves immediately back 
in your beds. The only difference is, uh, Will, you, you have this quarterstaff and you have this lipstick kiss on your cheek that you wake up with. Oh my goodness. And, uh, Des, you have this huge warhammer that is in bed just next to you. <laughs> uh, is he, like, spooning it? The warhammer is Big Spoon. Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 Okay. And, and, Norbert, you wake up with this beautiful scroll work, and you also wake up with a card for the band that had been playing in their contacts <laughs> and, like, a way to get in touch with them. Um, and that's kind of tucked into the instrument. And all three of you kind of wake up with this knowledge that what happened didn't didn't actually happen to you, but the skills that you learned and the things that happened were real, and the danger was real as much as the love was real that you felt. Aww. And the only difference you can see on your body is somewhere upon you there is a brand with the letters L, J, and D. But it seems that where others that you've heard ha- had perished in these tests, the three of you had succeeded. And you are now these, having learned all of this and being formed in this tighter friendship, go back into your school, uh, trying to do what's right between the three of you. <laughs>